0: Welcome to the Family Life Canada podcast. We're Neil and Cheryl Josephson, and we are delighted to have you with us.
1: Always good to have you here, and we wouldn't be here without our sponsors, Compassion Canada. Thanks, Compassion Canada. They're not just sponsors of this podcast, but they're really partners in caring for families, especially in the countries where they have boots on the ground, and man, the needs for families are really big. So thanks for being a sponsor, and thanks for all you do around the world for families. Check out CompassionCanada.ca.
0: Here in this country, we are in touch with thousands of families as well from coast to coast. We've been hearing from people uh, just like you, and we know that you've been facing some big challenges these days in self-isolation, working from home, homeschooling. But
1: but we know this, everybody's experience yeah. is so different, right? Like we'll talk to some people who are really struggling, and we talked, to, we talked to a couple this morning who are going, man, the last two months have been fantastic for us. And they were talking in terms of pace and getting some things back under control, and Bottom line is, I believe everybody's experience is so unique, and so wherever you're at, whoever you are as you listen, we respect that you're having a unique experience in these days of isolation.
0: But speaking of unique experiences, our guests today are David and Lindsay Belfer, and we've we've never met you two, but... We're delighted to finally make your acquaintance, but we have a, a common love. We love mm-hmm. your parents, David. Joe and Lois Balfour are on our staff at Family Life Canada. We we love them dearly. Um, and we've heard a lot about you, so it's nice to you kind bet. of chat with you in person because your life fascinates us. It does. It
2: <laughs> fascinates
1: <like> us, too. <laughs> How do you do this?
0: So let's, let's just give the broad strokes. In broad strokes, you've been living apart. Uh, for over five years, uh, Lindsay, you've been in New York and Montreal. David, you home in Kelowna. Correct. You have four children, two of whom live with you in Kelowna most of the time. Yes. Uh, how this is? So how did this happen? How did you come to have this kind of cross-continent marriage and family? Yes.
3: Yeah, well, that's a question we ask ourselves it's just about day. <laughs> Um, Well, we were both sort of career academics. We met at university, um, so we knew that um, I was going to become a public school teacher, and Lindsay was working on her uh, BA, then her MA, and her PhD, and we always knew that because we live in Kelowna, which is a reasonably small town, Mm -hmm. uh, there's not lots of opportunity for post-secondary educators, so we always, part of our plan was always to be um we always knew that living apart might be a possibility two of our children uh, are um ours but mine from a um, uh, previous marriage so we mm-hmm. are cognizant of those moving parts mm-hmm. as well and trying sure, to have
2: sure, you know,
3: sure. this gigantic blended family and you know negotiating all those needs is always complex so we just yeah. knew mm-hmm. that travel might be a piece of that um we just didn't know how long would be and now we're <laughs> now here we sit
4: and, and always with sort of an eye on the long game, you know, kind of some some shorter term um, challenges in terms of, of travel and, and finances for sure. But with sort of that, that future in mind that we're doing this to get ourselves to, to a point right. where we all get to be together and be stable somewhere and, and you know, be a family, but also pursue the, the jobs that we love. Yeah. We trained really hard for.
0: Well, so, and you both have big job jo- big jobs. Let's just jump in and say, Lindsay, you've been working at the in New York. You were working at the 9/11 Museum, yeah. and um, and in NYU as well. And now you've been at Concordia in Montreal. Correct. Yeah. David, you you're teach a middle school teacher.
3: I do, yeah. We've got a burgeoning middle school program at uh, Willowstone Academy here in Kelowna, so we've been growing that for the last few years, and I was fortunate enough to jump on the ground level with that one. So we're, that program is, you know, um, we're designing it, and it's thriving, and oh. we're having a lot of fun now with COVID-19 as our, in fact, all educators. Okay. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I'm glad you bring that up. So
1: I, I had a question, though. Yeah, go ahead. So so as you were describing sort of how you got to this uh, place of being distant, uh I'm trying to pull out and I love to hear you talk a little bit more about the paradox and maybe tension is the right word of sort of making, keeping your eye on the long game Yeah, is we we want to build careers. We want to honor our gifts. We want to take what we know and, and use it in the marketplace and use it in the world. I mean, I, I'm assuming that's why you're doing that. And on the other hand, you're making some short-term things, like maybe this opportunity in New York's the right one, or the one in Montreal is the right one. So you kind of got to make wise decisions short term. While never letting go of the big term? Is that the tension?
4: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's really hard to sort of keep focused on on the five year plan or the ten year plan when you know, in, in my case you're homesick, right? You're you're okay. missing the family and in Dave's case you're kind of single parenting yep. for, for for a big portion of hmm. um, the school week, for example. So the the very immediate needs sometimes trump the um, those end goals, right? Yeah. That, that
2: vision sure.
1: you have. Well, well, the details may be different, but I I think every couple's got to struggle with that. Sure. Like, like, what do we want to be about as a couple, for a family, for a lifetime? And yet, the, the demands of immediate decisions got to be made, and and. God bless you for sorting it out. And I'd love to hear more about that, but I think we got so many things well, to talk about. Well, I want to about.
0: talk a little bit about the, the actual current situation you're in right now. So after five years kind of doing family from a distance, you have been isolating together 24-7 the last couple of months
3: yeah it's been a lot of fun we i came out a
0: radical change it was and
3: we really got because it's spring break i went out to visit lindsay uh in montreal we're gonna we plan to have that spring break together then COVID 19 happens we actually ended up driving back from montreal in this little tiny suv thing so we went from like being totally separate to just right up. Which was a lot of fun, actually. Yeah. We—that's—I look back
1: on that, and that was like a weird second honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> it like a Tim Hortons commercial, you know, where they go across Canada and they stop in yeah. every Tim Hortons. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah.
4: And you know, I've—I've I've always been home for the summers and for holidays, okay. and I've—I've I've gone back and forth a lot, but I've never been home and hmm. had to work full time got it okay. and had the, the kids home all the time you know I've, uh, I've, I've come back from teaching and, and typically I'm home in Kelowna you know April through August so I have a good solid like long-term chunk of time but the kids are in school for half of that and sure. um, being home and and being sort of full court press, you know, to use a sports reference, uh, that has been sort of the most radical change for me at, at least. Yeah. How have,
1: have you navigated it? How, how can you manage
4: it? Uh, <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, I guess, I mean, every week requires a sort of different creative scenario. Um, I think the, the very first thing that we, that we realized very quickly was that, um, we, we needed like at least one sort of dedicated workspace in our home, um, that it wasn't going to work for, for two parents, full-time remote working and three children, full-time remote learning
2: to wow. be sitting
4: out at the kitchen table together. It just wasn't, <laughs> a yeah. it wasn't a possibility for us. So, I mean, that was kind of priority number one, I think was kind of crafting, um, a semi you know, functional workspace. Yeah. So
3: it's sort of part of our walk in closet is now. (laughs) (laughs) Work with what you got. That's it. We recognize that a lot of families don't even have that option. If you're a small 500 square foot apartment, like you're not like that's everybody's you'll be tripping over each other. And that's one of the things we realized too, is we're both, we're both full-time educators and we have trouble homeschooling our kids. (laughs) I wanted to
0: ask you about that because I think that's so interesting that you are educators, you're vocational, yeah. professional educators. So I'm curious to know how the the homeschooling and online schooling has gone for you. It, it's been it, a challenge.
3: It's hard because you can't, you know, my when our, my kids, I'm just calling to my students. What's happening to me now, right? <laughs> uh, you know, when I use my teacher voice with my kids, they just they, you know, they have this visceral physical reaction, and at the same time, too, there's this clash of spaces because before you know the there's no it's hard to have visual cues for learning when you're at home you know when you go to okay. school you go you drive to school or you walk to school your brain kicks right. sort of in that we're wearing our uniforms or whatever you're wearing now and we see our friends the bell goes there's all these auditory and visual cues and home is a spike from that but now school is now at home and school is now at work too so there's not even those mm. for um you know, not transition between work and home. It's all in that same space. So I think giving ourselves a little bit of grace and space for things to be messy and like, Hey, we didn't get like any schoolwork done today. And that, <laughs> and, that happened. and that's okay. Like
2: it's okay. okay. Right.
4: Yeah. And I think as teachers, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to kind of go above and beyond in this new weird role. And right. like, Full disclaimer, I came in to this situation totally talky, overconfident, you know, I have, I have a PhD, I taught university students, I, I can, you know, homeschool my own kids, but I have learned very quickly that, that that is not a strength of mine. I think I think a
1: lot of people at home are going, I'm so glad to hear that, because they're feeling that way too, they're competent in in you know, the marketplace or they're competent in their field or they're competent outside the home. And now they come home and try to do it all. My work, my parenting, my homeschooling. And frankly, we need to be gracious to ourselves. As you guys just said, it's tough.
4: None of us trained for this. I mean, this this is what they mean by it being an unprecedented time. It's there, there was no possible way that we could have uh, prepared unless we're going to be training in, you know, a dozen careers simultaneously. Um, just not so do hard. you have any?
0: Do you have any practical advice for parents out there? Some things you've learned, some practical things that have been helpful, other than just be gracious, which is a very good overriding. Principle. That's an
1: attitude. <laughs> How about a tool? Mm-hmm. Sure,
3: play. Go and actually get a like, get outside. Get okay. over your Computers. Get off screen. Go outside. Where go to a park. Go play. Just put some music on and have a picnic. Do anything outside that gets you engaged. Because part of it too. Is being that is hard for all of us. Is only being able to engage in this in this space in a virtual space. So I think like it's hard for grownups and we have capacity. But when you're an adolescent, when you're a young yeah. child, you might not have vocabulary or vocabulary around yeah. that. Um, but those social connections that are missing. That's it. Like I don't think we've even started to recognize the short and long term effects that that's going to have on all of us. But so practical advice. Yeah. Eat when you're hungry, sleep when you're tired, play when you can. <laughs>
1: well, there you go. That's Not a out quote. Of the
0: basics. <laughs> yeah. There's the
1: Instagram post. Say that again. Eat when you're hungry, sleep when you're tired, play when you can. Yeah. Like
0: it. <laughs> well, and some, some parents have said they've been so obsessed about doing a good job of yeah. the homeschooling yeah. that they're kind of missing the moment that this unique, like you said, unprecedented moment. We'll never have this again. So have you kind of weighed the pros and cons of that as well?
4: Yeah, absolutely. And I think like this is, I mean, you sort of invoked Instagram there for a moment and I think that's one of the sort of blessings slash curses of this entire scenario is that, you know, that Instagram is, or all social media is very much sort of a, a greatest hits of, Of what people are experiencing right now. And there's a tendency to compare yourself to what you see happening in these, you know, perfectly aligned and and clean and organized workspaces for kids. And uh, you know, the chores are all done, and you know, little Billy is diligently, you know, copying out his math homework. And I think, you know, we see a lot of that, but I think that is that's the anomaly, right? That's the rare thing. I think most families right now are, are experiencing the chaos. So I guess maybe this is more attitude than practical tip, but just like for us, or at least for me, cause I'm on social media way more than Davis, but just to really try hard not to compare our experience to, to what's happening okay. okay. in the household, you know, and, you know, our homework has cereals built on it and, and it's, it's madness sometimes, but that doesn't make it any less of a learning experience and it doesn't make us any less, um, sort of valuable as newly homeschooling.
1: Oh yeah. (laughs) Bring it. Yeah. Yeah, We need to hear that. Hey, and and here's another thing that I want to share with you guys and maybe with everybody's listening to this podcast. Mm -hmm. I used to be a public school educator too. And, and you know, it, it, it's a mark of a great educator that you try to get it right. You, you want to get it as good as you can. So good for you. Don't don't settle for garbage, you know, do the very best you can. Sure. But I, I came to take a lot of comfort because days wouldn't go the way I wanted and the classroom didn't go the way I wanted. And from what I could see, nobody was learning what I thought <laughs> we needed to learn. And, but I always had this comfort like, well, you know what? I'm going to see him again tomorrow. You know, like this doesn't have to happen perfectly. According to lesson plan, on May nineteenth, because May nineteenth, another, you know, so you can come at it again, right? And be gracious if that didn't go well, you know, reload. You'll get another shot at it, right?
4: Absolutely. And kids are going to learn, right? What they will remember from this time is not, you know, their nine to five school schedule, and, and the yeah. they'll remember yeah. the times they spend with their their family. They'll remember the bike ride that they took yeah. instead of doing that math homework. Yeah. The things that are going to stand out i think long term for them The learning thing tends to happen naturally anyway it doesn't mean we can't do you know what's within our wheelhouse and and time frame to sort of um motivate them to to tackle those you know school tasks but um they're not going to remember that part
0: so what has been the upside of this season for you <laughs> long pause <laughs>
1: we'll go to a commercial break we'll come back <laughs>
3: uh, actually one of the great things is and I'll re- reference this back uh to uh, because of our our sort of cross-country work schedules so much of our time together was very often spent on like practical things we don't don't we don't always get a chance to just be like I'll give you an example so today right before we sort of uh this afternoon i finished work upstairs. I came downstairs and we just had, we just sat on the. We realized it was 6.30. We hadn't had dinner yet. We just, we were sitting on the patio, listening to the birds. There was no music playing. We had totally unplugged. We just were, you know, sitting and enjoying talking about stuff,
2: the garden. nothing,
3: garden, whatever, mm-hmm. just those little things where there was no, this sort of ebb and flow to conversation that we don't always get a chance to do when there's a hundred thousand tasks to do. So just having, I think the benefit for us has been rediscovering, how to be how to be together just Mm -hmm. be together without agendas without bills I mean those things all (laughs) exist (laughs) but they don't um just in the way that the you know as trees just grow and they sink their roots deep we have this opportunity to sink our roots deep again and just have some opportunity to be nourished in some ways that we didn't possibly have before yeah
0: I like that. Good. What Nicely said. So can we ask you a little bit more about the, the season you've spent apart? Because while all couples everywhere are together nonstop right now, it's the reality for a lot of couples that they, they do live their life apart or chunks of life apart. So I'm curious to know what really held you together, what bonded you together in those years when you lived so far apart.
4: Yeah, I mean, a, a few things. And there were also some things that have been very difficult, uh, obviously. Um, I, I suppose we're kind of lucky in the sense that, um, I don't want this to sound incredibly gendered, but Dave is very, very more than competent. You know, he, he excels. Um, and I'm also very independent, um, on my own and really value my independence. So personality wise, um, it, it wasn't a massive leap. Um, it's definitely interesting our dynamic, uh, in terms of gender roles. Often it's, you know, the husband and father who is the one going, going back and forth. Um, so we've sort of, um, had to overcome like you know, certain maybe assumptions or, or ideas that, mm-hmm. that folks have around that. Um, but in general, like it's, I think it's taught us a lot about kind of what Dave was referring to, um, or hinting at this idea of like, when you have those times together, you really take advantage of them. Right. Um, and trying not to make every conversation we have when we're apart, a business conversation. So one of the things I think we, to do pretty early on is you know business things scheduling things kids appointments money stuff that was that was on email um and our our facetimes our phone calls were about catching up and and visiting as much as possible there's always going to be Hmm. something that oh i forgot to email you about about this Yes, but for the most part you know keeping the business sort of separate from (laughs) the family oh yeah
1: you know that sounds like a, a great piece of wisdom, mm-hmm. and you know I mean certain mediums are better for um, certain types of communication. Yes. What I hear you saying, if it's a nuts and bolts fact piece, well then use a nuts and bolts medium. Yeah, but don't don't mix. Don't take the warmth of a face to face interaction on uh, FaceTime or whatever, or you know, yeah, no, I, I think that's that's really wise, and and I can see where people mix that. So you have this warm medium where you're looking at each other or hearing each other's voice, but you're talking nuts and bolts and, and vice versa. Then you're trying to be tender in your written stuff. Like it's probably, inverted, isn't it?
4: And you can be tender in your written stuff, but I think sure. it's important to have like the more kind of logistical stuff uh, documented. Great idea. It, it it prevents that argument from happening. Well, I, I told you about this thing when we were FaceTime and you didn't do it. And well, well, I hung up from FaceTime and I had, the kids were in the bath and I had to get them out and get them, you know, sorted for bed. Like it's, you know, I think just having it, some of those things in writing, it just, it avoids the conflict before it can even happen.
3: Yeah. There's going to be importance around rituals, right? So even things like, so when Lindsay's here, you know, um, something we do like pizza movie nights or family game nights, some of those rituals, or if it's, you know, going to church or any of those rituals that you sort of hold sacred, whatever sacred means to you and whatever whatever those spaces are that and, times and places that you hold a little bit sacred for, you um, Uh, Just for that family time. And for us, Sunday dinner is one of them. We have another couple that we get together because we're both, you know, we have a high – we both have really high social needs, and that social intimacy is a big part of who we are and hosting and being guests, and we take those things pretty seriously. So, you know, the the idea of Sunday dinner, starting our week that way with this other couple – and their kids are the same age as our kids, and they all play, and we have a chance to center ourselves. So, and those times when Lindsay would be out of town, I would still be doing those. They would all FaceTime together for a few minutes or something, just so we have that those moments of connection.
0: Yep. And so your life doesn't radically shift when Lindsay's home or when Lindsay's away. I'm curious to know, David, what, what because you're the the primary parent or the at-home parent, at least for when you're apart. Um, when our children were at home, Neil was the one who was traveling most often. And one of the dynamics we experienced was when Neil would come home from after he'd been on the road for a long time, I, I would get kind of resentful when he would come in and start messing with my systems. Uh, we developed hmm. sort of a good kind of parent child mm-hmm. kind of routine and mm-hmm. rhythm. And then when Neil would come in and blow it for, up, well, of course wanting to be an engaged parent hmm. and, but it, it was it was that kind of coming and going piece that was really hard to manage. How did how have you done that?
3: It's yeah, you're right. That is a challenge. And it's a challenge, I think it's a challenge, I think, on on both ends for, you know, um yes. you pointed out. So when Lindsay comes home, like she's fully in things, but then it, it definitely feels different than what we do on a Wednesday night when she's not around because there's just different routines that develop. Um, so I think and that is a that is totally a point of friction. Absolutely. And I think if anyone says otherwise they're either not in a relationship or, <laughs> or they're
0: not being honest.
3: <laughs> right, exactly. So I think, and, and I think part of it too is just being okay with holding space in yourself and being okay for that discomfort. It's okay. that That is, those moments are not the defining feature of our relationship. Those moments we know they're going to be, it's, we're going to, you know, we can breathe and sort of just experience those moments and we'll let them pass. And it's, and it's, and that's okay. Um And just, and knowing there's an ebb and flow, because we've done this for a few years, we just know there's an ebb and flow. Yeah. To and we're fortunate in a sense, I recognize that we're very fortunate in the sense that being academics, there is, these, so you get sort of these chunks of time where there isn't school. So the demands on your time to be in the classroom, right. you have like a little bit of space at spring break mm-hmm. and Christmas and the intersections of our um teachings work out in our favor so it's a lot different than people who are commuting yeah. across the world like indefinitely for instance so yeah. we just know that even though it's hard in july or not july it's much easier in july it's hard in January, it's dark and it's cold and it's been through christmas and so our finances are tight and it's yeah. you know june is still a long way off and the flight got delayed and one of the kids was sick and i'm trying to write report cards and then these got papers and now someone (laughs) unloaded someone loaded the dishwasher in a totally weird way that irritates me (laughs) right or whatever um so it's yes it
2: was me load the dishwasher very well (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
3: that that's not forever right just knowing that that piece, you know that's just mm-hmm. that peace will pass and we'll have these the the flow of that is we'll have we know there's much more glorious moments coming because that's part of the discomfort in any relationship yeah, 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 you' is yeah. really sort of in those moments where they're and there's also high emotions involved with it. anytime you have to go to an airport to do something you know there's going there it's either saying goodbye or saying hello so the kids emotions are heightened everyone's a little bit elevated so even stubbing your toe can have you know catastrophic
1: and atomic consequences
0: yep yeah well yeah i think you guys have now nav- we think you oh, navigated it incredibly well
1: spectacular we should make a reality tv show about you guys nope We've, uh, no. <laughs>
0: Lindsay, I want to ask you just a bigger picture question. So you've done your postdoctoral work in, in culture, right? Today's culture? So what is going on in our culture? How is this going to change? Like, do you have any sense? Plus,
1: plus you lived in New York and Montreal, exactly. which are two of the hardest hit cities in North America, if not the world. Absolutely. So throw that in there too. I'd love to hear what you think.
4: Oh, gosh. Um, You know, I actually just finished a really short piece. I'm going to submit it to um, a journal about museums' response to COVID-19. And when I was in New York, I was a postdoctoral fellow at the 9-11 Museum. Um, And essentially, I mean, New York has become another ground zero, right? Yeah, right. It was sort of the, the sort of primary place of terrorist attack and now it's sort of the epicenter of global pandemic um and montreal as as well and i don't know why though i mean maybe it's me <laughs> the cities. um but what has been really encouraging uh, for me as a scholar and for me just as, as a human is watching how people have responded um in both the COVID crisis and reaching, you know, 20 years back now to to 9/11, and that when when crisis strikes, um, people want to come together, right? People hmm. social interaction, and I remember um, the webinar you did was it two weeks ago when when you told people, you know, what's sort of the biggest challenge facing you right now and there are a whole bunch of options and it was sort of that social isolation that was the right and i think that as our culture shifts and changes as technology becomes a more dominant feature i mean that's not going away anytime soon um as we feel like as a culture we're, we're becoming more disconnected i i think at our core like when you know the you know what hits the fan like we want to be around each other that's where we take
2: mm.
4: we take um where we draw our comfort from and, and hospitality is what i research and, and hospitality is our first impulse um so in both of those cities and in my experiences sort of over the last five years i've seen it over and over and over again and, and this is definitely mm. no exception
0: hmm. David, you don't have the postdoc studies, but <laughs> how, how do you think uh, how do you think this will change our world? Maybe the way we do family, the way we think about family. H- have you had a chance to think about that?
3: I have. I know. I actually come at it from a bit of. I've been so focused just on what cheat means right now, and I just feel like, uh, to Lindsay's point, this the changing nature of social interactions. I think this will be one of the biggest crises slash opportunities to hit education, what that means for families. So I just were, as we were discovering, we're discovering what learning means in different ways too. So it's not even passing tests about creating people, creating people, fostering conditions where people can become the very best versions of themselves. So Mm -hmm. that's the, those are the things we're trying to do as a family and Mm -hmm. I think as educators as well. So what that, sorry, can you repeat your question? I got sidetracked on that. No,
0: oh, no, no, that's fine. <laughs> I was just, I was basically just asking you to kind of observe on on how we might do family differently. And, yeah. and, I, and you started talking yeah. about that. Or education certainly, differently. Certainly the way we look at education.
2: Yeah.
3: Well, yeah, and families too. And actually what I, what it's, it's actually made it okay to be a part of a family. It's made it it's, it's in some ways sort of, you know the zoom meetings the innumerable zoom meetings (laughs) will never um never take the place of christmas dinner you can't do that over you cannot recreate that sensory and effective experience but what it has done is made it okay to connect virtually and made that given people permission to connect that way in ways maybe they didn't feel before in ways that are um perhaps less with less feelings of guilt around that perhaps um which I think is exciting. It sort of so it's shrunken our world a little bit, and there's there's the two sides of that. You know, it's the Janus face. It's both, it's you know, you can't have one without the other.
0: Right. Well, I I hear you saying, Lindsay, that we it's it's the humanity of us <laughs> that that kind of rises yeah. to the surface, and and um and that doesn't change. You know, whatever the circumstances are, I think again, what we hear from families across the country is they've never. Um, realize the, to this extent, the importance of family and staying connected, which is why we wanted to talk to you because you've managed to stay connected under very challenging circumstances. You managed to do family in a really unique way. And so some of the things you've learned have have been really helpful to pass on. Thank you.
1: And and while the details of your life together are fascinating and unique, I'm feeling like the principles are pretty common that, Mm. that we live in this ebb and flow of feeling close and being intimate and then circumstances making us feel separate and distant. I don't most couples uh, deal with that. We we deal with that. I mean, we don't live across the country, but we still deal with that dynamic.
4: Yeah. I mean, like we, we have sort of rooted values and core ideals and and things like that and and spirituality and whatnot. But as a species, we are adaptive, right? We are Mm -hmm. always changing. Um, and that the same holds true for our, our relationships, right? They they have to adapt, whether it's, you know, living apart and, and being distanced, whether it's, you know, COVID or faced with some other kind of health crisis. Um, yeah, you just, I mean, flexibility is so, so important. And we have been lucky or learned in many cases through some hard conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, that we we need to be a little bit bendy sometimes without compromising those core those core things.
0: Yeah. Well, and just to wrap up just to go back to what you said at the beginning David you talked about the roots being solid and deep and and strong and true and when your roots are deep and and those are strong then you can be bendy. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that paradox of like <laughs> this firm, unmovable and yet the bendy Mm-hmm. And learning that it takes time, right?
3: Because, you know, I like to use the sort of analogy for trees. They grow for hundreds of years. If you're in a marriage, you're in it for the long haul, which means that things are, you know, when a tree is damaged or something, it takes years to heal those things, but it does, right? So relationships have those challenges and things that come in, those sicknesses or yep. Yep. challenges. And those and it's okay if those, you're in it for the long game. So it's okay if it
1: doesn't get resolved next Thursday. Like it's okay.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, I, I have one more question. I want to probe. Um, you guys, like, this is fascinating. We could go on like forever here, well, but we can't. <laughs> You're active parenting right now, so uh, thanks for this right. time. So here's a question. I can just hear some people going, "Like, that sounds awesome," and yeah, you know, together and apart and whatever. But how about the trust factor? I think a lot of couples would really be find this impossible because it would just challenge them at a deep la- level. Like, I'm scared. You know, like I, the trust isn't there. I don't have faith that we can weather this. I need him or her to be here tangibly because when they're not, I get too afraid. How how does the trust piece work and what have you learned about that? Because I think a lot of us are really hungering for that. Good question.
4: I mean, for me on a personal level, it starts with with having a, a sort of confidence and, and sense of security within myself Um That I know that whether I'm here or there, that I am, um, you know, I can trust Dave because I trust myself and, and and hopefully vice versa, Um, that, you know, I know what I'm about. I know what, what my values are. I know um, that I'm not the same person without the work that Mm -hmm. I do and, and that me being away isn't always ideal but the what that does for me internally like as a person um builds into us because i come home and i'm i'm actualized i'm satisfied i'm i'm happy mm-hmm. to be home and and yeah i'm not sure if that really addresses like the trust Peace, but for me, it's like I I cannot have security in us if if I am insecure in in who I am. As well, that
1: speaks to it, I think that really speaks to it, yeah. And we've had like we started our
3: you know, when we first met at university, I was divorced with two young children, so there's already like our relationship was complex a little bit, just as millions of people's relationships are and knowing that you know as we both are as Lindsay said we're both very independent people so we both and we both honor that in each other that's something that we like to celebrate in each okay. other the fact that we can pursue our passions and dreams and we try to empower each other to do that and knowing then because of that because of that independence we can't we are not we can't be i can't be everything Lindsay needs all the time because i can't be you know, okay you can't be everything i need to be all the time mm-hmm. so we're going to find Um, fulfillment and other work relationships and other friendships are going to fill some of those um, needs that we have as people, those emotional needs, those social needs. And that's okay. And we need to have permission to do that. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, so that like, I'm not so when, so to speak sort of frankly, like when Lindsay's in Montreal and there's drinks after work with friends and things with colleagues, I don't have, like, there's no, I have no, there's not even a twinge of, Sort of jealous, which sounds or anything like that, which maybe sounds weird, but that's just sort of the case, and I assume it's the same for you. Yeah, yeah,
4: absolutely. I mean, and just yeah, to echo what Dave is saying, like I think it would be unrealistic to expect it, at least in our somewhat unconventional situation, that that we are going to, you know, tick every box and meet every every need that we are somehow to complete have. A whole, yep. as opposed to two whole people, um making each other feel more whole. <laughs>
0: whatever chance, mm-hmm. yeah. No,
2: that's great. Yeah.
0: Well, and there's something about distance and space too that kind of just brings oxygen. Almost like mm-hmm. you need a little bit of negative space in a fire to kind of keep the keep it hot. <laughs> I think relationships benefit from a little bit of negative space as well, which none of us have been having lately. <laughs>
1: We can go for walks by ourselves, though. And, yeah. yeah, we do.
0: Yeah, Just gonna yeah. delight. Sorry, Lindsay. What, what were you saying? say just because we're apart
4: for long stretches of time doesn't mean that we want to be together twenty-four-seven <laughs> for twelve
2: weeks. <laughs> you
1: know? Yeah. Right. That's yeah, not.
2: Our
4: it's not like
1: a finite equation, like where it builds up here <laughs> and then builds down there. It's like, yeah. Thanks for sharing so freely and, and this question about trust. Man, I, I think couples really have to speak openly with each other. And and you made a good point to be healthy in yourself, because if somebody comes from a position of deep fear, it doesn't matter how trustworthy the other person is. If you're constantly insecure about your ideas yeah. and who you are and, you know, at any rate, these are deep, deep issues. And, and yeah. so friends listening at home, uh, if, if you're, some of these things are touching on nerves Dig a little deeper. Go to Family Life Canada. Check our website out. Talk to a good counselor. Talk to a wise third party. Um, uh, but boy, listen to this podcast again. David and Lindsay have shared some good wisdom here, and and we hope that it grows your marriage, your home, your family, because that's what Family Life Canada prays for every day.
0: Thanks, David and Lindsay. You're
3: Thank welcome. You so it's a pleasure. Much. Thank you, guys. It was delightful.
0: And thanks uh, to those of you at home who are listening in
1: so going forward another podcast coming up uh please keep tuning in familylifecanada.live is where all the info is you can find out uh we're in the middle of an eight-week webinar series one per week one coming up uh this weekend is called finances fear stress and conflict awesome
0: <laughs> all but those money battles will go be to
1: familylifecanada.live and you can check out the current ones sign up for them or listen to the archive ones and once again Thanks, Compassion Canada, for sponsoring this. Uh, we're so glad to partner with you to get help and hope to as many people as we can.
2: Bye